Underestimated and still I made it In the book of hard knocks I'm highly educated Nobody told me looked over but still dedicated Played in the league for 13 I ain't gotta be favorite Two Super Bowls, Honolulu I stood with the greatest The thing is this, it never rich I'm good with my neighbors DB precision, television ain't asked for no favors Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures Just look in the papers no backing down or turning back, part two of the movie Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just watch me go to work And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First And three, two, one Shoot, man, this is an impromptu Face First podcast I got a podium, uh, we got the backdrop We've made this look a lot less bootleg than it really is Because... I hit my homeboy Isaac up, Master Clips, and I was like, look, dog, we need to do something. I need to get something done. There's a lot of, whether it's confusion, misinformation, stupidity, whatever you want to call it about what's going on in football, because I got to tell you all something. All football ain't news, and all news ain't football. Like, my job is to analyze the sport, right? I want to tell you all what the X's and O's say, how what they do off the field affects what they do on the field, but everything doesn't pertain to that. Right. I can't I can't draw up what's happening in life and say, you know what, just because this is happening in life, this is what's going to transpire on the grass. Not how it works. It's also not my job. It's not my job to police people. It's not my job to make people do certain things. It's my job to talk about it. It's my job to give my opinion on it. And some of these things don't necessarily have to do with the X's and O's all the time, but they affect them. Right. Let's take it back a couple of weeks because you haven't heard from me on face first. And let's talk a little bit about John Gruden. Right. When it first came out, no words for me. I didn't say, oh, that's what I expect from John Gruden. I didn't say this is what people do. This is what people say. I didn't speak about the emails because I wanted the information. And a lot of times, just to be real with y'all, if I ain't doing my damn job, I don't really care. See, I'm not taking John Gruden home with me. Right. It wasn't a big deal to me that there were racist or, or, or racial tropes about a man's lips in his emails. That don't matter to me. I'm from New Orleans. I'm a black kid that grew up in New Orleans. I'm from the South. Right. We hear those things every day. I'm not going to sit up here and think I expect John Gruden to lose his job for that. So why am I going to get on Twitter and be pissed off? Why am I going to do some type of vlog to come to you and say, OK, John Gruden doesn't deserve to have a job? Because quite frankly, I felt like he still did deserve to have a job after that. I felt like they should tell him, you know what, John, this is kind of stupid to put in emails. Right. This isn't the thing that a coach of an NFL football team in a league that's 70 plus percent black should be saying about the NFL PA director. But that's okay, that was years ago, nobody cares. But what we had to know is he's sharing these things with other people that are involved with NFL football teams. Still cool. Now, then John goes and we get more information about these emails and there's homophobic slurs, right? There's a ton of misogyny and talking about female officials. Like all of these things about people who are now making the league better. But it was ironic because as he's using these homophobic slurs, as he's talking about Michael Sam and Jeff Fisher being forced into draft a quote unquote queer. Now, we know if you know what L LGBTQ means, that they use that word, right? That is part of the way that they describe themselves. Although in this case, it didn't seem that John Gruden was using it in that way. John Gruden wasn't using it in a way to say, you know what, I don't want to offend. I don't want to disrespect. I want to be politically correct. He was using it in a way and as a slur, right, as, as a term used in a negative manner. But still, with all of that, I didn't care if John Gruden lost his job or not. Now, 
when he did lose his job, that's when I kick in. Right. When it now affects football, because even then, before the before the emails got him fired or before he had to resign, it wasn't necessarily affecting football. No, it was affecting the locker room. Right. If you if you're a guy in that locker room and, and you're called Nassive, right, or you're one of those black players, you have to feel a certain way about the man that stands up in front of the room. Kind of like I'm standing at this podium that we confiscated from whatever convention there is here. If the door opens and somebody runs in and they try to get us and you see a little scuffle, we're just going to air that too. Right. And so he's standing at the podium. He's telling you, we got to be together, guys. We got to go out and fight. We have to find ways to go win football games and all love each other, all rock with each other, all ride for each other. Well, how am I ride with you, bro? Like, how is that going to be a part of the reason I go out on the field and play football for a man who thinks these ways about people like me? So eventually John Gruden resigns. I come on and I tell you about it. Right. I say, look, I didn't expect a white man to be fired for a racial trope. And quite frankly, as a black man, I don't feel like he should be fired for that. When you do coach the only openly gay player who is now changing the narrative and perception, right, of his community, you might want to be a little sensitive to that. You might want to show a little compassion to that. You might want to be able to embrace him and say, you know what, when it comes to me and you, it's all love and you are no different than I am. But he couldn't do that anymore. And that's why he's fired. Because when there's a female official who's calling one of his games, she knows every time she looks to that sideline, she's not respected. That's why he had to resign. Not because he said something about black people. And then I spoke about the entitlement that you must, ha must have to put that in the email. But the one thing I know is I've never sent the email to myself. Well, that's a lie. I have two emails. And sometimes I send one email from my personal email to my training email because I needed to get it in that email or I need to text it to myself so I can get a picture. So sometimes I do email myself. But the point is somebody's receiving the dang email. And somebody was receiving those emails. And when they received those emails, we then realized they were part of the Washington football team organization. And then that goes on and on into more debauchery, into more misogyny, into more harassment. Right. And so these are things now that have moved up the chain and other people want to see these. Now, I don't talk about those things because that's just news. Right. I don't care what Mr. Allen was doing as the GM of the Washington football team back in those days. Now, if it all comes out and it's something that they ask me on TV, I will give my opinion. But for the most part, it's news. So you hear from the Adam Schefters of the world, right? You hear from the Dan Grazianos of the world. They don't say RC, analyze how these emails work, because that ain't my job. Right? So then we move closer to it. Now you got Odell Beckham Jr., which is purely a football situation, right? It's about whether or not he can connect with Baker Mayfield and him and make it Baker Mayfield can make sweet receiving music. Right. Can we score touchdowns? Can we pick up first downs and can we pick up enough, enough touchdowns to get first downs, enough first downs to get to, uh, to get wins? And we get more and more of them. Can we win a, a championship? Can we win a Super Bowl? The reason those teams were brought together. Well, they couldn't. The connection was never there. Right. It was never a situation where Odell Beckham Jr. saw some of the heights that he saw at New York. Now, we saw flashes. Right. We knew he still had the skill. We knew he still had the explosion. But that junk never worked out. Those two dudes couldn't get it wrong and not long. And now you hear rumblings of a bad relationship and not a bad friendship, a bad relationship. Because, see, guys, those things are two different things. I have a saying, right? All teammates ain't your friends. All friends ain't your teammates. 
And we ain't got to be. It's 60 people in there. I can't hang out with all y'all no way. Right? If I'm a 31-year-old man with three kids, how in the hell am I going to hang out with a 22-year-old single dude? One, your old lady ain't going to let you no way. And if you're trying to do what he's still doing, your old ASS ain't going to be playing long. That's just how it works. And so, and so now this relationship gets to a point to where Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad has an 11-minute video that he posts of Odell being wide ASS open. And yes, Odell was for sure wide dang open a lot. Sometimes Baker missed him. Sometimes he dropped it. Whatever it was, it was a situation that was on the field that has now gone off the field once you involve family. I didn't talk much about that video. I didn't say Odell's dad shouldn't have posted. What I did say was, if Odell's dad is posting it, then you know it had to be okay, because that's just life, right? He's not going to go do something like that to ever put his son in jeopardy. But that was the point it reached. But I didn't have a ton to say about the video, because the video was just news to me. I wasn't going to go dissect the video and say, well, on this play, if you look at minute 613, Odell Beckham Jr. is open by two yards on Cam Dantzler, and the ball is thrown at Dantzler's head. That ain't my job to worry about what that video is. It's not my job to worry about the conversation that Odell Beckham Jr. had with his father about that. It's my job to talk about the ramifications as it pertains to football. And so that's what I did. When asked about it, I said, you know what? This is a relationship that doesn't seem to work. Odell Beckham Jr. should be in a different place. He would be better in a different place. Baker Mayfield is actually better when he's not on the football field. The Cleveland Browns are actually better when he's not on the football field. And it's the damnedest thing because I've never really seen, like in basketball, if you take LeBron off the Lakers, I'm not saying Odell Beckham Jr. is LeBron, I'm just talking about good basketball players. If Dame Lillard is no longer with the Portland Trailblazers, that team ain't better. That's not how it worked how it works, right? If you have a great four hitter or if you have a great center fielder and you take him off the field, it's not often that that team becomes a better baseball team. But for some reason, with the Cleveland Browns, when Odell Beckham Jr. is not there, they are better. There, I said it. He went to LSU. I've known him since he was 17 years old. I love him to death and I still think he got juice. And I believe that he can go somewhere and show again that he got that juice. But it wasn't in Cleveland. And that's okay. And guess what, y'all? It's my job to talk about that because that affects football. And when people want to throw it out and they try to make it a race issue, oh, you like Odell because of this, you don't like Baker this, I don't know damn Baker. I don't know him. He's fine to me. I think he's an excellent actor. His commercials, 10 out of 10. I mean, mwah. I want to go to the stadium and trick-or-treat and get nacho cheese put in my candy bag. That's how great he is on that. And some days, he's a really good football player. I said he should have went first overall. Now, I was wrong because Josh went, what, seventh, and then Lamar went 32. They probably should have been higher. But even with that, Baker's done his thing. But my point is, is for me to tell the story of why that relationship didn't work on the grass. And now, if that comes to a little bit about who these people are, then it just comes to that. But it's not my job to tell y'all the news. See, other people bring in the news. Somebody else comes on and goes, Odell Beckham Jr.'s father put out an 11-minute video. What do you think, Ryan? How does this affect football, Ryan? Because you see, they report, they set up, I analyze. And so now we're on this whole thing about Aaron Rodgers. And one, here's another thing that I think is really stupid about life, people, everything, right? 
People say you shouldn't pay attention to the Twitter. That the Twitter are like the loudest voices of the dummies. It just turns out though, guys, guess what? We talking to the dummies. And I'm not calling y'all dumb in any way, right? But the perception of the people who watch the things we do becomes the reality of the things we say. The way you receive it, the way you digest it is always going to be the way that it came to you. It's not going to be, oh, this is what Ryan Clark said verbatim, or let me go back and check the transcripts and see if it means this. The way you hear it is the way you're going to hear it, right? The 45-second clip that you see on social media or the 30-second clip that somebody sends to you, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, like Ryan Clark said that Aaron Rodgers should take the vaccine. Let me be very clear. I don't give a damn if he takes the vaccine. Don't matter to me one bit. That is his body. That is his choice. And honestly, it don't affect football. Right. And so this thing gets so political and we're all trying to be so much smarter than everybody else. How about this? For me, I took the shot. You know why? I ain't got no spleen. I ain't got no gallbladder. I ain't got a piece of my liver. My mama got it in February right when it started. And I was scared as hell she wasn't going to live and I ain't doing that junk no more. Period. But that's my choice. I don't go on TV and grandstand and say everybody else should do it, too, because that's your choice. Right. That's your body. That's your family or whatever it is. And you are entitled to that. Now, when you want to play for the NFL and when you want to make the millions and millions of dollars that they will give you, especially if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're that good, you ain't got to take the vaccine. But there are protocols to follow. There are certain things you got to do because you are immunized, whatever the hell that means. And that's if you want to take and that's if you want to take stuff to get rid of parasites. That's if you want to take some stuff they give the cattle, stuff they give the horses. I don't really care what animal you want to take stuff that they give it to. That's cool. You can do that. If you want to take a dewormer, take that hoe. I don't care. But when it comes to football, when there are certain protocols that are collectively bargained by the NFLPA and the NFL, you got to follow that. So, again, don't take the vaccine, boy. Don't bother me. All the people who are like, oh, you're so political. You're a part of the sheep. Woo, woo, woo. Don't give a damn about no sheep. What I care about is there are certain rules that you're supposed to follow to do your job. And what my job is to analyze your job. And so now when Aaron Rodgers is asked at the beginning of the season and he says he's immunized, right? That's his clever wordplay, right? For people who are maybe dumb like me in the media so we could feel comfortable with what he's saying. Because he, and here's the other thing. You really don't have to answer. Right? He said he was trying to escape kind of the witch hunt that was going on because it was kind of a witch hunt, right? When people would would ask the question about vaccinations and then you answer the questions about vaccinations. Usually people ask you why. You know what I'm saying? Then Carson Wentz goes into this whole thing and now everybody's throwing stuff at him, which is wrong because that's that man's opinion. If you follow me on social media, if you watch me on TV, I ain't said nothing about nobody who don't want to get vaccinated. Cole Beasley was out there selling out. We got the same agent. I ain't said nothing to that man. If that's how you feel about the vaccine, bro, feel that way. Here's another novel idea, idea, guys. If you hate the protocol, don't play football. Do you know all the other things that you can go do in life? You can do so much in life to earn money, to find happiness, to find peace. If the, pro, if the, vac if the vaccination protocols are that difficult for you to deal with, you ain't got to play, though. You just don't.
You can have all kind of time on Sundays. You can go to church. You can go to brunch. You can have a great life. You ain't got to go out there and throw that football. But if you do want to go throw it, there, there are certain protocols you have to adhere to. And then the crazy part for me was like he, when he did this whole smart thing about kind of throwing off the media, here is to me why you do it. You do it so people leave you alone, right? So when you're walking on the field and you don't have your mask, because if you watch Carson Wentz, he's extra with his mask, right? He goes on the field. He doesn't have to have it on, but he puts it on. You see him right at the game. He puts on his hat. He puts on his mask on the sideline. He has his mask on. Why? Because he was very vocal about his answer about not being vaccinated. So what does he know? He's smart enough to know the scrutiny of that is always going to be on him. As soon as he's on the sideline, he doesn't have it on. There's going to be somebody who's who's huge about vaccinations is going to say, oh, my gosh, Carson Wentz doesn't have his mask on because he was loud enough for us to know that he wasn't going to get it. Aaron Rodgers, though, on the other hand, when he tells you he's immunized, it takes some of the heat off of him. So now when you see him on the sideline and there's no mask, you ain't tripping because you don't know what the hell immunized mean. But, you know, it ain't not vaccinated. So that's your thought process. Dude is a genius, no matter how, no matter if you agree with him or not. Sometimes geniuses are misunderstood. And sometimes geniuses believe in things that aren't necessarily true, but they believe in them so greatly that they get you to believe the crap too. Right? And so now Aaron Rodgers is like, okay, if I tell him I'm immunized, they're off of me. So when I'm on the field and I'm talking, I don't have to have a mask on during that time. It's not the protocol, but nobody's tripping. When I'm on the sideline, though, and I need to have a mask on, nobody's paying attention to me. Right? When I go to do my media, my media hits where I'm supposed to have a mask still, I don't have to wear one, and nobody's going to really say anything because they feel like I'm immunized. But then here's the point. When you come out, and we talk about that on Friday, right? We talk about it because he's missing the game. And Aaron Rodgers missing a football game matters as it pertains to football. He's one of the best to ever do it. He's the best quarterback I ever played. And so if he's not on the field against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, that's an issue. Now, I'm also smart enough to know that if you get the vaccination, it does not keep you from getting COVID or from testing positive from COVID. I ain't stupid. Yes, there are vaccinated people that test positive for COVID. It happens. And so even then, if he, text, if he tested positive close enough to the game, he could possibly miss this game. So I didn't throw salt on him for that. I ain't throw dirt on Aaron Rodgers at all. If he were vaccinated, you would never miss a game because that ain't true. Right? I'm not going to say dumb stuff just to say dumb stuff. So I didn't get on him about that. What I got on him about is the fact that you're so entitled, right? You're so self-centered. You're so arrogant, you believe you are above the rules. The rule isn't you have to get vaccinated. The rule is if you don't, here are the protocols and guidelines you have to follow. And that's it. And it's not just for Aaron Rodgers. It's for everybody. Now, whether you believe in that or not, you have to do it. Right. There are laws that I don't necessarily agree with. That I don't feel should be laws. Guess what? I obey them, though. Why? Because I ain't going to jail and I'm no way and I'm no better than the next person who probably has to obey this law that he doesn't agree with either. And then people get mad at me and say I'm making it black or white because he quotes Martin Luther King. Right. About fighting unjust rules. And I get it. We can draw inspiration from anywhere. Right. I draw inspiration from the Bible. It's not like, it's not like I'm going to pick up a cross and die for none of y'all, especially if you ain't got my last name. Right. So when, when, when we generate inspiration or when we get inspiration from different things, it doesn't necessarily mean we're comparing ourselves to it. 
Here is my issue with that. Having to wear a mask to get millions of dollars because you want to make a personal choice has no correlation. It's in no way equivalent to the civil rights movement. Right, because those unjust laws were like, oh, you can't eat in this restaurant. You can't go to these schools, right? Go a little bit further back. You can't smile at this white woman because we can beat you to death. We can kill you and the law won't hold us accountable. When we're trying to find a common ground, when we're trying to show people that we are in some way awakened or we are in some way connected, it's strange to me that Aaron Rodgers would go to that because those two things aren't the same. And when you're trying to explain away why you willingly broke a part of a protocol because you deemed it stupid, not life threatening, not life altering. Right. You were in no way devalued because you would have to wear a mask to a certain place. You evoke, invoke Martin Luther King. Oh, come on, man. The same way that you were deceitful, the same way that you were misleading is the same way you was trying to do this because you knew there would be those part of your herd that would support you. Oh, he wasn't. He, well, he can't draw inspiration for him because he's white. Hell no. I don't know how many times I got to tell y'all my daughter white. Like that don't matter to me. You can't draw inspiration from that because that ain't the same thing. Because it's trying to pull people towards you by bringing up a great man, a great man who lost his life fighting for things that you ain't finna lose your life for. The only way you lose your life fighting COVID protocols is if being unvaccinated, your dumb ASS dies. That's it. That ain't got nothing to do with what MLK was talking about, but you bring it up so people stop listening to the dumb shit you're saying. And for 46 minutes, I had to listen to this because it's part of my job, but then I had to try to tell you how it pertains to football. And so then when I give my opinion, when I talk about MLK, when I talk about the effect it has on the game, when I talk about the fact that being entitled to a certain point makes you feel like you're above the law, what do I get? And I'm going to say it. To a person, I probably got it from white people. No offense. Well, what about Henry Ruggs? He killed a person. He was drunk. Like I said, Henry Ruggs, man, that's news. Adam Schefter should report that. Dan Graziano should report that. Every single reporter in football, every single reporter in sports, every news reporter should report what happened to Henry Ruggs. And it should be a cautionary tale of what not to do. You don't get drunk two times beyond the limit. You don't get behind the wheel of a car. You don't drive 150. You don't drive 120 through a residential neighborhood. You don't put other lives in danger because you don't have to. When the NFL has a system to get you home if you need a ride. When Ubers, Lyfts, and taxis drive everywhere. See, I see that as something we don't analyze. I see that as something we don't talk about daily. That affects football one time when Henry Ruggs is released. Now, what it affects the most is the lives of others. What it affects the most is Tina Tentor's parents, 
siblings, friends, loved ones, the people that know her. This is a tragedy that can befall anybody. This is something that transcends football. It transcends analyzing. But if you want to hear it, here you go. He's dead ass wrong. He should be prosecuted by the law. He should no longer be a part of the Las Vegas Raiders, and he is not. But that doesn't speak to the intent of the man. That doesn't make him someone we should throw away. It doesn't make him someone who isn't worth valuing. Because, see, we still value Aaron Rodgers. We still value John Gruden. We still value Odell Beckham Jr. We still value Baker Mayfield. Henry Ruggs made a terrible decision. Not only a mistake, but a terrible decision. A decision that will affect his life and the people that he loves forever, too. Every day, he's going to have to go to sleep knowing what he did. He's going to have to go to sleep knowing he took a life. And eventually, he's probably going to go to sleep behind bars. And I'm not going to sit on the air and say that he shouldn't. I'm not going to wear free Henry Ruggs t-shirts. Because if I know anything about America, if I know anything about the laws in Las Vegas, if I know anything about the decision and the mistake that he made, he will pay for this. And he should. But there shouldn't be this large outrage that, or this call for that outrage of what Henry Ruggs did to match the outrage of what Aaron Rodgers did. Because see, a lot of times the outrage that you see on TV is entertainment. Right? Because I can talk about something and have a very calm disposition about it, but that doesn't resonate with the TV. Right? You can't feel that. You don't get excited about that. If I would have gone on and say, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, should have obeyed the protocol. Aaron Rodgers was, you know, acting in a very arrogant, entitled and selfish way when he did that. I wish he would have gone about it a different way, the way that he deceived the media or misled the media in order to keep him from the scrutiny. I think that that was calculated. And with that being calculated, it allowed him to break protocols that he felt like or that he deemed stupid or that he said were uncalled for or unnecessary. I can do that. Because, see, the best of us, the, 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 the good of us, right, the, the ones of us that can just have jobs, we can give you the X's and O's. We can, we can analyze, right? We can give you the analysis. The great of us can entertain you while we do it. We can make you laugh, right? We can make you scream. We can piss you off. We can make you happy. We can have you agree, right? We can move people. But in order to move people, there is a little bit of theatrics that goes on with that. There is part of the entertainment that goes on with, with that. Stephen A ain't making 12 million because he's quiet. Stephen A ain't making 12 million because he don't ruffle your feathers or he don't piss you off or he doesn't wear a hat or some of it isn't theatrics. He makes 12 million because when you cut the TV on to watch first take, you're cutting it on for a reason. You're cutting it on to be entertained. So when I'm talking about Odell Beckham Jr., I want to entertain you. Even when I'm talking about John Gruden, even though I want to give you a little bit of life, I want to entertain you. When I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers, I think a little bit of it should be funny. Some of it should piss you off. Some of it should make you think. But in the end, it needs to be entertainment. Henry Ruggs ain't entertainment. Henry Ruggs is real life, man. To be reported, to be talked about in a responsible way, to be done honestly, to be done with compassion, 
to be done with love. Tina Tentor lost her life. That ain't football. She ain't going to never get to watch a football game again. Every time the Raiders play a game, her family will remember that. That will never leave them. See, that's not entertainment. That's not a conversation for us to have on Get Up every morning or for us to have on NFL Live every day. And in truth, what else is there to say? Henry Ruggs don't get to play on Sundays no more. You know, there's no reason for mothers against drunk driving to go protest the Las Vegas Raiders because he ain't got no job. Now, football and life have truly intersected forever. Started intersecting for real for a lot of people when it got to a point where they didn't want it to intersect anymore in 2016 with Colin Kaepernick. Three weeks after his initial protest, I wore a Colin Kaepernick jersey on TV. As I'm walking off the set, I get the call, RC, you can't do that. So you can't do what? Last week, Mike Greenberg wore a Trevor Simeon jersey. I thought on Mike and Mike, we could wear jerseys of people that we really like the way they play football. Okay, so I did an Aaron Rodgers there too. I was a little misleading. Bottom line is this, y'all. All football, like I said, ain't news. And all news ain't football. It also ain't my job to report the news. If you're stupid enough, if you're mean enough, if you're evil enough to say or to bring up, oh, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, why aren't you more upset about Henry Ruggs? I'm more everything about Henry Ruggs. I'm nothing about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think about Aaron Rodgers if I ain't doing my job. I don't care if he gets vaccinated or not. I really don't even care if he follows protocol until they ask me on TV to do what I'm paid to do. I think about Henry Ruggs every single day. I think about Tina Tentor every single day. I think about my daughter that's 22, only a year younger than she is, that walks around and carries her dog everywhere because she has anxiety issues. It calms her. I think that she could have been in that car. I think about the times I stupidly did what Henry Ruggs did. Before I knew better, I knew 100% my intent in getting in that car was just to get home. And it was for me to get home, for my people to get home, for everybody around me to get home. Never once getting in those cars was my intent to harm somebody. But what I learned is my intent also was to not do harm. I didn't get in that car or I didn't walk to that car and say, you know what? I want to hurt somebody. I also didn't get to that car and say, you know what? I'm going to make sure I don't. Let me make a call and get a ride home. See, those are the only conversations we can have about Henry Ruggs. What he should have done, what he could have done, how so many other people's lives would be better if he did the right thing. But that ain't a conversation to constantly have on TV. It's a conversation to have at your house. It's a conversation to have with people you love. It's not a conversation we're supposed to exploit so we get ratings. Tina Tentor is not about ratings. Henry Ruggs is not about ratings. It's the news. The news should be reported. The news should be studied so we can all be better. Now for the rest, I'll entertain y'all. We'll laugh, 
We'll get pissed off. Y'all are all DM me, cussing me like you could beat me in a fight when y'all know y'all can't. And I take those two. But as we leave, bro, remember now, all football ain't news. And all news ain't football. This was the impromptu face first. We actually made it look kind of good. We done. <laughs>